Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. Uh, Chase and I are finally back after ooh, probably a two or three week break. We haven't recorded since the Stanley Cup Finals were about to begin. And the Cup Finals were forever ago now. It, yeah, it felt like it took like a long time for those to happen. Um, so I guess we should start with that. Uh, congratulations to the St. Louis Blues on winning the Stanley Cup Finals. I didn't think we needed to touch on this one for super long because it's probably already been dissected. I didn't even watch too much of the Finals. I just didn't have the time, and also late games. I watched probably a period or two here and there, but like I don't know if I watched a full game at all. I didn't watch one. I, I don't know if it was just because of the Raptors game, Raptors playing or what. But well, I, I don't even care about basketball, really, and I still watch more of the NBA than I did of the NHL. Oh, I watched every single game of the <laughs> NBA Finals, and like the entire game of all of them. So, yeah, I don't know. I But, I mean... Game 7, I think, was the most watched NHL game ever. I saw that. It so. felt like these years' playoffs were really irrelevant, but apparently that was just like our Toronto bubble. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the first two rounds were pretty damn relevant. I think part of the reason is, it was like, well, you had all the first-round upsets that people loved. But then after that, most of the teams who were in who upset got put out. Like, the Islanders were a team that most people didn't really expect to win. They got swept in the second round. Columbus was a team that no one expected to win. They lost in six to Boston. That's true. I yeah, mean, like you have, say you have Tampa Bay, the super team going into the cup final. It's probably a lot easier to like. Exactly. Yeah, you got like Colorado and Dallas. They both got put out. So all those like Cinderella story kind of things. I don't know. Like, I mean, they're still exciting teams. St. Louis, San Jose, Boston, Carolina. We said when it happened, Carolina was the only, oh, wow, that team made it team out of the final four. And I think for a lot of people who follow stats, probably weren't even that shocked. But, I mean, other than that, like, St. Louis have been the best team since December. I mean, it's kind of fitting they won. They really reminded me of the Pittsburgh Penguins from two years ago. Yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. Um, new coach, and they suddenly just turn it around. They got their goaltender came in. and New uh, coach and new rookie goalie. Yeah, I'd say Jordan Bennington was, he wasn't amazing by any means, but that team was so good, they just needed him to be average, and that's all he was throughout the playoffs, and Look, they won a cup. Turns out not having Jake Allen is very helpful. I was going to say, not having a guy who just goes 880 every single night. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, I don't, they don't have, it's not like this team is uh, super screwed, I don't think, this year either. Like, it's not like this was the year St. Louis had to go for it. Um, they've got definitely a bunch of RFAs they need to resign, but I mean, not all these guys are huge names. You know, Robbie Fabry missed most of three years with injuries. Ivan Barbashev isn't massive. You think Patrick Maroon will probably go somewhere else for more money. I would think so. I say this was his homecoming year. Oscar Sundquist will get some money. But then, like, Zachary Sanford and Samuel Blaze aren't going to get payday, like, big paydays by any means. Then on the back end, you have Michael Delzato, Joel Edmondson, and Carl Gunnarsson. I don't... Edmondson you probably keep, and then the other two you definitely don't, right? Like... Yeah, I would think so. It's not like these guys have any massive paydays they need to give out. No. Uh, well, and then Jordan Bennington's will be an interesting one. They're but. a bit of an older team than I thought they were. Yeah, like, they're definitely, I mean... Like, I don't think of Tarasenko and O'Reilly as 27 and 28. Petroangelo, 29 already. Yeah, like, Steen, 35, even seems old for him, yeah. too. Like The first three, especially, though, always seem kind of young to me, but they're all pushing 30. Braden Shen's 27, Jane Schwartz, 26. So, I mean, like... It's not like they got a couple years left in them, but yeah, like I, I don't know. It's not like a team where they either are about to run into cap trouble like this off season that they needed to do it now, or they're also not a team that um, kind of like the San Jose Sharks, we will get to in a minute, where it kind of feels like okay, are they going to start tailing off soon? 
Should we go to them now? Yeah, so... Some big news there. Today, uh, the news broke that Eric Carlson signed a massive extension with the San Jose Sharks. Uh, eight years, $11.5 million. Um, I believe that makes him the highest paid defenseman in the league yep. by beating Drew Doughty by 500 k each year. Uh, the deal itself is pretty heavily bonus. Uh, it's got 11... 11 mil salary or signing bonus, 10 mil, 9 mil, 10 mil, and then 1, 1, 5, 6, dented out. So it's a lockout protection, definitely at the beginning there. Um, his uh, base salary goes 3.5, 2, 5.5, 2, 10.5, 10, 4, 1.5. So. <laughs> so it tails off. Yeah, well it, well, it tails off for a bit, then goes 10.5, 10, and then 4 and 1.5. And yeah, so. that's very strange. Yeah, but I mean, so your total salary throughout the year, if you want it, 4.5, 14.5, 12, 14.5, So this is a big contract. Uh, I'm staying off of Twitter for the most part, other than Raptors Parade stuff today, um, because I don't need to see the, oh, wow, they're stupid for this kind of takes. Uh this is the exact sign, kind of team that should be signing Eric Carlson. Uh, yes, the deal probably won't look great when he's in year five, six, or six, seven, eight or so of it, but he gives you the value now. You need to make sure he's healthy, but I mean, they clearly seem to think that he's going to be healthy. Like, so let's say he's at least like mostly healthy, which I think they don't like. The San Jose Sharks have more information on his health than anyone else, so I assume they don't sign this contract unless they believe him. Yeah, like, there's no way you can sign this contract if you don't think he's healthy. Yeah. And that being said, though, we just... Kawhi Leonard's basically in the parade, talking on the parade as we speak. Does he not seem like the most, like, perfect example to try load management with in oh, the Oh, yes. I was about to bring that up. I really hope... I already said it to once to a co-worker today. I was like, they need to do exactly what the Raptors did with Kawhi this year. Yeah. And he could be the guy who starts it finally in the, in the NHL. He just seems like the perfect example At to try. At 29, he's already had three major lower body injuries. Coming off of a one this year where he couldn't even play. Like, he could barely play in the playoffs. And he still looked fine in terms of possession numbers. But he got burnt real badly. Um, in his own end. <coughs> but yeah, like coming into age 29 slash 30, you need to give him uh, load management and play him not so much, you know? He can't be logging 24 minutes a night, 82 games a year. You save him for the playoffs. You let him do play 27 minutes a night in the playoffs, but you wait for that to happen. Yeah, agreed. There's no absolutely no reason to be playing him like uh, half the game or whatever. No, not at all. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really... I know he had surgery, so they must... You know, surgery recovery must be going pretty well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much he misses. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is a deal that as long as he is even 95% healthy, you will get more than your value for it for, I'd say, at least two or three more years. It'll probably be fair value if he kind of keeps on this trajectory for another year or two after that, and then maybe you pay for it in the back half. But... We've talked about San Jose as one of those teams that aren't going to be good in a couple of years. And, I mean, maybe this deal really kills them in the back half, but... This team has such a reckoning coming for them. Yeah. And, well, and, like, I don't know. I was one of the people on the bandwagon of this team might not be as good as we think next year already. But then you go and sign Eric Carls, like, re-sign Eric Carls, and it's like, okay, well, never... Like, maybe they will be kind of as good as we think. Like, don't let... Not that you need to be told this, but for anyone who says it online, like don't let anyone tell you that Eric Carlson was anything but freaking amazing this year. Yes, he was. He was. It was unfortunate he only got to play fifty three regular season games because he was amazing. And even like 
the people in the first round who tried blaming him. Like, he went off in the first round in those games that they the comeback. Like, were they not playing game, him like thirty minutes a night? Yeah, so. like not game seven. Obviously, he didn't. He wasn't the leading driver in that. But I mean, even then, like he was just in game round two. He was amazing, and then he kind of hurt his groin again. And round three, it really showed that he was injured. Um, but yeah, like when he played, he was awesome. He had like I think it was a sixteen game point streak, and like even just when he wasn't producing points, that's what people were like, oh no, he's not good. He had like a sixty five percent expected goals and Corsi 4 percentage. Like, he was insane. Yeah, I think this was some of the best underlying numbers he's had in, like, his whole career. And that shouldn't shock anyone because he's played on a not-great Ottawa team his whole career, so... But, I mean, still, like, this is... I mean, he was dragging around Brendan Dillon to great results. Yeah, so... It'll be interesting to see what else the Sharks do. Uh, Pavelski, Thornton, Nyquist, Timo Meyer all still need to be signed. Jonas Donskoy said he'd be open to coming back. So we know Meyer's going to come back. It was rumored that they're going to take a shot at Nyquist, but I think with this Carlson sign, they now have $12.5 million in cap space. I'd be a little surprised if Nyquist comes back. Yeah, you'd think Nyquist and Pavelski are both gone, right? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming if they haven't signed Pavelski yet, he's not getting re-signed. One of him or Jumbo, I would think, has to go. Yeah, I think Jumbo, unless Jumbo just wants to retire. Yeah. But I think if Jumbo wants to come back, another cheap deal, like a $2, 3000000 million range, I could see the Sharks doing that. Maybe maybe less. Like I don't know. They really can't afford to pay their bottom six guys anything. No. They have, I think it's $34 million tied into three defensemen for the next six seasons. Like 30 more, 34 per season in three defensemen. And those ages of the defensemen are 29, 34, and 32. Yeah, that's, they that's have, an expensive decor. They have no first or second this year. They also now have... Um, no first or third. Sorry, they have no first, second, or fourth this year. They have no first or third next year, and they don't have a second in two years. Doug Wilson is allergic to draft picks. Yeah. And, yeah, no, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because the 2021 came a second, and if they would have reached the finals this year, it would have been a first. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is what you get. They also have no sixth or seventh next year, but that's not as big. They have Ottawa's fifth. But this is what you get when you go for it year after year after year. And uh, they've made some huge moves, and they haven't quite paid off yet, but we'll see if this team can have another big run in them. Yeah, they're notorious for being, like, one of the better drafting teams in the league, and they better be, like, one of, if not the best drafting team in the league in the next three years, or they're going to be screwed. Yes. Um, yeah, they're, like, there's going to be a couple dark days coming on yeah. for San Jose Sharks. Whether that's right now or if that's in a few years from now, it's going to happen. So, um, one thing I will say about Doug Wilson is, I mean, a lot of the trades he's made I really like. Even you look at his last two is the Gustav Nyquist one, which was a solid trade. But there's also Jonathan Deline for Linus Carlson from the Canucks. I mean, that's a I forgot about that that's one. a sneaky good pickup in terms of that Deline. Maybe he's not quite ready yet, but in a year or two, or even at the end of this year, he could be a guy who plugs into your bottom six, and he has a ton of skills. So yeah. Um, then, yeah, you had, so his past couple trades, Jonathan Deline, Gustav Nyquist, he gave away an AHL player for nothing, <coughs> Eric Carlson, uh, and then there was a couple drafts, uh, draft pick things, uh, like at the at the NHL, last year's NHL draft, Mike Hoffman trade, then he flipped Mike Hoffman. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Um, then who else? Evander Kane. He got rid of Brandon Bolig and Troy Gros- Grosenik for a sixth-round pick somehow. 
I mean, we're reaching back a year and a bit ago now, but still, like, I think that just shows you how smart he is with trading, and he is a very underrated GM, I think. Yeah, it just, it's not that he's a bad GM or whatever, like, he's been doing exactly what you should be in the scenario, it's just when you go for it for so long, they're just so exhausted of yeah, assets. You have, yes, that... and you have to just keep, kind of, keep going for it, like, you have a good team. Yeah, you have superstars at the end of their prime, so you might as well kick the can a couple more times, and... yeah. Or as many more times as you possibly can. So we had 12 items to talk about today. I'm going to keep moving. Let's go to Ottawa. Uh, Carlson's old team, Ottawa. They signed Anthony Duclair to a one-year deal, $1.65 million, I believe the number was. Uh, I like this a lot. I think this is the perfect time to deal you have to do with Duclair. I would have been open to maybe a two-year deal, but his underlines weren't as great as his actual results were. But uh, I like another one-year prove-it deal. I think... Declare is playing league minimum last year, so he gets a bit of a pay raise, so that's nice for him, too. Um, this is the kind of thing that you can take a shot with if you're Ottawa, because there's literally no downside here. Yep. Um, I, thought, I like it. Flip yeah. him at the deadline, probably. Uh thing that scares me is they're still talking with Cody CC about a long, medium or long-range deal, which is just mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. They had a quote today saying, Dorian was saying they think that with a new coach he can grow into an even better player. I was like, oh my word! Like, let's see, eight years, like six million per. Uh, I, I just it blows my mind. Oh, I forgot a guy as well. Um, it blows my mind though, like how you can just keep running. Like, I just I I had a piece a couple weeks ago on just you know why Ottawa needs to move on from Cody Cece, and it's not just that he was not good. I went through his analytics, his eye test. What he does, the few things he does do good, and why he's not going to be able to achieve that in Ottawa because they don't need it. He could maybe be a third pair defenseman somewhere else, but the, Ottawa's never going to pay or play him like that. No. Well, that at this point you can't. Like you can't keep playing him as if he's a top pair guy, and then turn around and try to pay him like he's a number six. Yeah, and it's just it's mind blowing to me that we're still in the situation. But he's twenty five. We all know players <laughs> peak twenty eight to thirty, so he's still got plenty of time to get better. <laughs> Gosh. I I really hope they just trade him at the draft if they can't get something done. But I we'll see, I guess. I mean, the all the all, best option is build a time machine and trade him for Taylor Hall back when that was an option. Yeah, but, or even Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. Or who knows what other trades I'm sure there was gotten, tons of stuff on the table for him. Yeah. Those two trades were there. Uh, let's just keep rolling with the signings. I'm going to do a smaller one real quick. I forgot. Carl Haglin re-signed with the Washington Capitals. Uh, 11 mil over four years, 2.75. I don't mind this deal. I like Carl Haglin. I like the trade when they picked him up. Uh, the Capitals have really made a name in the past two years of getting guys at the deadline and then re-signing them for a couple years, and they're just going to go with that team, I guess. I mean, they did it to um, their two defensemen, uh, Michael Kempney and Nick Jensen. Both gave them 2.5 for four years, and then, yeah, now Carl Haglin for 2.75. Uh they are obviously getting a right against the cap, 10.7 mil. Depends if it goes up, they might have a little more space to work with. And they have some guys, Andre, they need to figure out what they're doing with Burakovsky. I know a lot of fans want them to re-sign Brett Connolly. Uh, Jacob Vrana's a big one, obviously. And then after that, Chandler Stevenson and Devontae Smith-Pelly, you think at least Smith-Pelly's gone. I would expect so. Yeah, yeah. Chandler Stevenson, maybe they can find a cheap deal with him if they can get him for 900 k or whatever, but... Then on the back end, you got Brooks Orpik. Again, maybe they bring him back on like a one-year, one-mil kind of thing. He's still getting that sweet, sweet bio money. So Yeah, he's and still getting paid. Christian Juice is a is a big, bit bigger of a name, I would assume, that they probably want to try and keep. But 
Uh, you don't. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can. Um, and then, yeah, net they got Holtby one more year, and then after that, he's got six mil off the books right there. So you kind of hope that um, Samsonov's ready. Yep, yeah, uh, and then you can let Holtby go somewhere else. Uh, I don't. Do you have any opinion on the Hagelin? I signing? like Carl Hagelin quite a lot as a player. I just I would be pissed off as a Caps fan if this deal ended up costing them any of Verana, Burakovsky, or Juice. Yeah, or even just like in like two years when it's like he's thirty two or thirty three years old and still making two point seven five million dollars and you have to resign. Like I don't know. Yeah, like I think Haglin's a good player and it's not terribly risky, but like anytime you're signing a guy who's gonna be thirty one when next season starts to four years. Yeah, especially when he's like he's not a star. Like No. At all. He's a solid middle six guy. Like he's I an like amazing him a lot. play driver. You yeah. just can't put the puck in the net. But yeah, so like I would be a little worried that in like a couple of years he costs you someone else maybe, but I don't know. Like the other thing is, his game is like completely based around speed, and popular myth like a, says that speed doesn't age well. I've never seen that like explicitly proven. No, but, I mean Matt Cook was built a forty or was played till he's forty one because he was speedy. Matt Cook or not Matt Cook? Um, <laughs> What's the guy's name who played for Pittsburgh two years ago? Matt Cullen. <laughs> Matt Cullen. <laughs> it's like, I wish Matt Cook. Actually, no, I don't No one wish. wishes no, Matt I Cook played until he's 40. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah right. Sorry, Matt Cullen played because he was fast. He, that, that was his whole thing with Pittsburgh on the bottom line was he was fast. So Yeah, and Hanglin was like, maybe still is one of the fastest players yeah. in the league. So he's got some time to fall. And I mean, I guess the one thing we don't consider either is say they really need, they are in cap space. That's an easy deal to flip. Give a fourth round pick or yeah. something, you can dump that deal. Exactly. You don't. You might not even need to if he just keeps playing like he is. You probably get positive assets back for that in a year. Yeah, as long as he's like a third liner or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Or get a fourth in return or something like that if you really need to make the gap space. So yeah, uh, the other move that the Washington Capitals made was another one I I did actually enjoy, and it's Radko Gudis for Matt Niskanen, one for one. Uh, I believe the Flyers retained, was it 30%? 30%. So Gudis comes in at $2.345 million, and that really, that freed up the space to let them sign uh, Carl Hagelin, pretty much. Um, uh, Matt Niskanen makes, sorry, I believe it's $5 million, maybe five and a half. It's 5.56, I think. Yeah, 5.75 for two more years, and Gudis is now at... 2.34 2.34 for one more year. So they lose a year of control on the player. They get a solid... Like, I don't... What What's your opinion on Gudis versus Niskanen in terms of just purely playing? Niskanen was a lot better, but I think we've reached a point where Gudis is. Yeah, I don't think that's an incredibly hot take. I think they're probably somewhat close to each other, unless Niskanen really fell off last Niskanen year. Niskanen had a tough year last year. Like, it was uncharacteristically bad. Yeah, I mean, like, at age 32, I guess that's not, like, the biggest, oh, how did that happen in the world? Especially when he wasn't, like, a, like he was he was probably underrated in his peak or whatever, but he wasn't an absolute superstar to begin with. No, not at all. And so, I mean, yeah, you get a little younger if you're the Capitals. You, you save a lot of money. Um, you lose a year of control. But, I mean, again, that's kind of what the moves you have to make. Uh, so the now of a decor going in, Carlson, Orlov, Gudis, Kempney, Jensen... Uh, that's not the worst thing in the world, uh, by any means, I don't think. Uh, like, up front, you still got your big names, obviously. You have uh, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Oshie, uh, 
throw Tom Wilson in there if you want, I guess, as a top six forward. Well, that's not. <laughs> not under big names. I guess, yeah, not big names, but, like, you know, like, you have your yeah, guys who are going to drive team. some play. And Jacob Rana, if they hopefully can get him re-signed. So, yeah, like, this is a solid team, and I think they're trying to go for it again. And I, I don't blame them. I think um, if they would have beat the Hurricanes and that, I mean, it was a pretty much a 50-50 series. Like, it's not like they got absolutely dominated by the Hurricanes. They were up most of the series, and they, you know, they got outplayed in some of the games, but they hung right with them for the most part. Yeah, like, they're still a good team. They won the yeah, Cup two years ago with basically the same I, roster. I mean, I would have thought that they'd probably destroy the Islanders, too, if they would have played them. Maybe I would think so. Maybe their style didn't match up quite as well, but, I mean, even them, like, I think the big thing we were talking about was Pittsburgh decor was horrible. Again, that decor's pretty solid and the I Carolina like Hurricanes was really good so the other thing I like is they kind of got shelled more than you would expect at five on five in terms of like shots and chances and stuff but uh they obviously have all the shooting talent in the world with guys like Ovi but with uh Gudis and Haglin it's just two guys who can actually push the puck up ice in the right direction and yeah they've consistently done that for sure and, and I think that they're kind of the interesting team of sure you can't just look at Corsi to determine everything because you know it's pretty obvious that their high-end talent bails them out i think it's also pretty obvious that you know the past two years we've kind of seen them not take it easy but you know they they haven't had good possession numbers by any means but then they've kind of got filled in the yeah past like they've years, been, i think they've been like 23rd both years or something like that but then when it comes to actually uh playing in the playoffs they're right back in there they're at least 50 or above for almost every series it's not like their cup win was just Braden Holtby and uh, Grubauer standing on their heads. Like they played really well, and they outplayed almost ever or pretty much everyone they played. Yeah, and they're a talented enough team to get away with not controlling quite as many as the shots as a team like the Hurricanes. Yeah, especially through eighty-two games where it's like you know you don't need to because that's not when it matters for you, right? Yeah, yeah they're not a team that needs to scratch and claw their way in the playoffs every year, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they'll have to. Uh, let's stick with this trade, but we'll go to the other side. Uh, do you like the Niskanen at all, real quick, for Philly, or do you not understand? I think no, not at all. I think team control maybe was a factor of it. Team control and betting on a guy to have a rebound who has some good priors. Yeah, I mean they have thirty three million in cap space, they do so a ton of cap space. Yeah, so like you have that much control, you you get an extra year, and I mean I guess if it goes wrong, you just have have him on the cap for one more year. I mean. I don't know. I think I would have rather see. Well, I would have liked to see them get a little more yet too out of it. Like if it would have been Gudis and a pick go, or sorry, uh, Niskanen and a pick for Gudis. I think that would have been and not retaining on Gudis. Yeah, or like if you retain, you get a bit higher of a pick or something like that, or a pick for retaining because retaining and only still getting Niskanen doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, No. If you're sticking with, they plan to buy out uh, Andrew McDonald this year is what I the report did is. they already, didn't they? I don't know if they have. I know I saw it was planned. I didn't know if it actually Yeah, because we just through. had the first buyout window. It's through. Okay. So, yeah. So, they bought out Andrew McDonald. And um, that, I don't know the exact numbers. I can try and find it in a second. Oh, buyout history. Here we go. So, two years at 1.16 and then 1.9. Not the worst thing at all. And that gets a, I think he was making, what, 5 mil or something like that? Yeah. So that gets a lot of cap space off for you too. They have a lot of people to sign. They gotta make a goalie decision. They got Carter Hart, obviously, and then they have to find a backup. They have Michael Newvrith, Cam Talbot, and Brian Elliott. I think Talbot would be the the way they go there, or maybe they look free agency on July one and see if they can find something there. 
Yeah, I don't really know. I think whoever gets Cam Talbot this summer might be making a pretty good bet. I think so as well. I don't think he'll be expensive, and I think he has at least the potential to be a a, a really good backup or a, a fine tandem guy, kind of like what they did in Carolina there. Yeah, exactly. I, I could see Talbot being that. Uh, it part of the reason they needed some cap space, I guess. You look at who they got assigned this year: Travis Sanheim, Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Ryan Hartman. The first three right there are definitely big, big names. Ryan Hartman. Probably wants a bit of a raise as well. I mean, he was fine. Uh, yeah, then he's good enough. Kevin Hayes is the guy they traded for, but it sounds like he's going to free agency anyways, which makes sense. I don't know why you'd waste a fifth-round pick. Or, yeah, a yeah, fifth-round pick. It's assets wasted, really. And um, They must ha- have been really confident they could sign him. Yeah, but... I mean, you have the five-day prior to July 1st to know. Like, Yeah, like if you're Kevin Hayes, I wouldn't sign with the Flyers right now. You no. might as well go window shopping a little bit. Yeah, and... Exactly. I don't understand why you would. I think that's a bit of a waste of assets there. And then next year they got Nolan Patrick, Oscar Lindblom, and Robert Hag to resign. So, I don't know. They'll have the 33 mil to use. And when it comes to the Niskanen thing, I don't. I just would have liked to see them get more back. I kind of understand... Maybe their thought process, but I would have rather see them do it a bit differently. Yeah, agreed. Let's go to another one where I don't understand at all. Roman Polak resigned. <laughs> Giving Roman Polak a raise in 2019 is just genius. It's mind blowing to me, and like I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. So one year, one point seven five with Dallas. That's not going to kill you. It's just he's not good. Like, no. he's not, it's just as simple as that. Like, giving him a, somehow he has made more money on every, on the last three contracts he signed now. Or, sorry, last two. He went in 2017-18, he made 1.1, 2018-19, and now 1.75. Good for him, I Good guess. for him and his agent. But, I mean, I just don't think this is the move if you're the Dallas Stars. No, this makes absolutely no sense to me. He actively hurts you by playing. Yeah, and like... I just don't know how you look. Wow, our team had an upset and made it to the second round. Thank you, Roman Polak. Here's your reward. Those don't. Yeah, those two things don't match. Like it at all. I just, I didn't. We didn't need to touch a lot on it because it's a smaller name, and uh, we got to get going soon here. I mean, we're only hitting the thirty minute mark, but I got to go in twenty minutes or so. But uh, yeah, I figured I mention it. If you want to stick with buyouts here, Dion Phaneuf's the other name that got bought out. Uh, sorry, this is kind of all over the place, but we're just kind of There's tackling of tackling all the news this week, and and we're gonna try then going back to more weekly podcasts as the news starts flowing out a little more. But um, yeah, Dion Phaneuf got bought out. Uh, not shocking by any means. Uh, maybe a little surprising that it just actually kind of happened. But I mean, this was a, probably almost everyone's most popular bio candidate. You would assume. I would think so. Up there yeah. with like Milan Lucic. Um, yeah, so the the cap hit for that becomes uh, two point one this year, four mil next year, one the year after that, and one the year after that. So four years, but I mean, you end up getting out from some money. Next year's the the tough one for LA, um, but they they will have some money coming off the books, I believe. They got Toffoli, Trevor Lewis, Kyle Clifford all up next year. So there's seven point no eight point two million dollars right there that you. Toffoli's probably the only one I want to resign out of those guys. Yeah, pretty much. And even then, you could flip them if you want to go full rebuild mode, and then it's not like they have any other big names. Derek Forbert at 2.5 is coming off as well. So, I mean, next year they'll get a, a bit more relief um, from the guys coming off, so that'll at least help with Benoff's cap hit. Yeah, but the horse is dead in L.A. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where or slash if enough goes somewhere from here. 
I would be surprised if he doesn't get another contract. I think he could get a league min somewhere. Kind of like the Brooks Orpix thing where it's like a different team will re-sign him. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll get a, a league bin somewhere or around there. Like, there's no point for him to take anything more than that, really. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean sorry, there's not, I shouldn't say there's no point, but I feel like he probably knows that unless some team's for some reason offering him $3 million, he's not going to get much more than that if he wants to play, get paid from the buyout, and go play for cheap somewhere else. I mean, Girardi got, what was it, two years, $3 million? Yeah, right after I don't being even know if Girardi was quite as bad as FNUF has been in the past year or two. Like he's That's fair. Been, he's been bad. Yeah, I would love to know what the thought process was for acquiring Dion FNUF in the first place from it, LA. It, well, it was for a playoff push last year, too. It was like, this is the <laughs> second time that a team has acquired him for a playoff push, of all things. Yeah, this was one of those... Um, acquisitions that made you want to go retweet the Michael Blake McCurdy thing. Yeah, I mean they got the Gabrick money off their books, I guess as well, which was uh, close to equal. But Gabrick, I believe he's just sitting on Ottawa's LTIR right now, and Ottawa's not paying him a dime. Well, like insurance is collecting, I believe, or if they are paying it, doesn't go to their cap because he's on the injured reserve. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know that deal. And they even gave up like I forget, I don't even remember his name already. They gave up a decent center in terms of analytics for a fourth-line guy. Wasn't Nick Dowd? Who was it? Um, the Sens got him. Yeah, the Sens got him and then traded him for a sixth immediately. Yeah, I think to Calgary, and then he never oh, signed. Drew, no. Was it Devin Drew Shore? Shore? Devin Shore, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I remember people were like, how did he not get a deal? And I still kind of feel the same, but I mean, he was a fourth Nick line. Shore. Nick Shore. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I... Don't add Dion Phaneuf to your roster. No, I That's just all there is to it. I mean, like the only team I could kind of understand is like, on not Ottawa because they already have too many D, but a team that knows they're going to suck and wants veteran presence in the room. Because I will say one thing that you routine, routinely hear with Dion Phaneuf, no matter where he goes, is that he is a good, a very good person and a solid leader. I mean, he probably shouldn't have been the captain in Toronto. Um, they kind of just gave that to him, but like. In terms of being, he's a great person. He's always doing charity work outside. That's kind of the guy you could have helped teach your team. Yeah, or hire him as a coach. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, again, you shouldn't be doing that if you plan on having any try at the playoffs this year. Yeah, unless it's a stealth tank tank. Stealth tank thing. Exactly. So, and I mean, that that leaves a very few teams, I would assume. So, yeah. Um, from there, uh, let's go to the two last big signings. I guess, and then we got a trade and two coaching hires quick. Let's go Jordan Everly first. The New York Islanders came out way better on this than I thought they were going to. Me too. I this thought this was going to get an ugly contract, but they did a good job, I think. Yeah, I was waiting for like six or seven years at like seven million per. Yep, at least, like maybe even more than that. But and So they go it's five years at 5. 5.25, 5.5? 5.5. 5.5, right in the middle there. That's a fine contract. I mean, I guess the one thing I kind of do forget is I think his underlines were still okay. They weren't great compared to what they usually are last year. He had a bad year last year, but he had an amazing one the year before that, so it might be just more regression. Yeah, he also had 37 points last year, which was uh, maybe a little concerning for him personally. I mean, that's uh, some of the lower runs he had. And before that, he had he went 59 the year before. And then 51 with Edmonton the year before, 47, 63, 51. So definitely a, a lower point total than he's used to. 
And I guess, you know, good on the Islanders for taking advantage of that because he's definitely someone I would expect to not, maybe not, he wouldn't, I don't, I don't expect him to set any more career records, but if he's a 50 point player, a 45 point player or whatever, and you get and a good possession driver. That's all you need for five point five million dollars. Yeah, just if he's a good second line winger on average throughout the contract, that's pretty much all you can ask for. Yeah, five point five. He can play with Matthew Barzell for the next four year, five years. Like if he, as long as you can keep up to him, and he's, he's not crushed it with Barzell two years ago. Yep, so. he's not a slow guy by any means. So yeah, I really enjoyed. I can't believe I'm saying I enjoy something the Islanders did, but I thought this was a really good move yeah, and a really good contract compared to what I thought he was going to get. Agreed. I was quite impressed with them, actually. Yeah, like I, I thought if he would have went to open market, he probably would have got at least seven, seven and a half ish. I, if I was him, I would be looking for the JVR comparable. Yeah, which was seven mil. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't get good for them, I guess, and good for Everly. Like, as long as, like, as we are saying, that's not as much He's as we 29. thought. Twenty nine. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's almost thirty million dollars for him, though. So. I mean, you can't complain about that. Yeah, I was really surprised they got him to take a pay cut, but I guess maybe he likes it in New York or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a horrible city by any means. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some people enjoy living there. So. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much else to say about that. Uh, I think the next one's a bit more interesting. Jeff Skinner. It's a lot more interesting to me. Uh, like I. All right, what are your what were your initial thoughts? Not what you think now, just your initial thoughts when you saw the deal. So. I've softened since, but immediately when I saw the deal, my reaction was, what in God's name are you doing? Eight by nine for Jeff Skinner was, wow, that's a lot of money. And then, I still think it's a lot of money, but I don't, I, I've also softened, softened on it since. They had no other option, unfortunately. And, I mean, I, Earl Schwartz had a really good thread about this the other day. I think you quote tweeted asking why, but... The fact is, goals pay more. Yeah. And Jeff Skinner is known as a goal scorer. And he proved for one year last year, with when he finally had an elite passer with him in Jack Eichel, that he can score a lot. And he, oh, yeah. he potted 40. And I don't know, maybe I you think... don't expect him to score 40 again next year, but 35, 30 for the next eight or six or seven years? I mean, yeah, like maybe you have to pay 9 mil for that. Like at even strength, he is one of the best players in the league at putting the puck in the net. Which is the exact kind of player you want to keep, but nine million just seems like so much money. Oh, it's a ton <laughs> of money, and like I don't yeah, like it's just he is one of those guys where it's like unfortunately he's got somewhat of a niche in the NHL, and you you have to pay a premium for that. And I mean, he I mean, also like, feels older than he is, if that makes sense. Like he's agreed. he's twenty seven, which obviously means he's probably not getting much better than what he is, or he likely yeah. very likely won't, but. He's also dealt with so many injuries. There. That's so, why he seems old to me. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of the... It's bad, bad, like, concussion. You don't like the risk of concussion injuries going forward. But at the same time, it's not like he plays a physical style of game. So no. you... And a, a guy who can just shoot seems like someone who you at least take a bet on aging pretty well, right? Like, Yeah, he's a guy who just shoots amazingly. Yeah, and that's what he does well. And that's something that you don't have to worry about him getting slower so he gets outpossessed or anything like that because that's not his job. No. He does even drive offense like way better than I think most people would guess. At 5-on-5, five five, he has a great penalty differential too. Like There is a lot to love there. It's not... Well, he's a very, very good player. I mean, I, I think we both love that trade for Buffalo when they made it in yeah. terms of... 
uh, just what they got in pure assets. It didn't make sense because they flipped Ryan O'Reilly right away. But, uh, I mean, we're not going to beat that dead horse anymore. Um, but, yeah, like I, I think in terms of the value, we're like, yeah. And then, you know, he scored 20 goals in his first 30 games or whatever, and he was demanding $10.5 million. And people were like, whoa, okay, never mind. Pump the brakes here a little bit. <laughs> if he got more than Eichel, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, and so, I mean, nine, it is a ton. Like, I like how the third highest player on this team is now Kyle Poe, so. Yep. Um, and then fourth is Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> there, one, you could pretty easily, the only one that you'd have a somewhat difficult time argument with is Eichel, pretty easily argue their top four players are all overpaid. Yeah, I think you could probably say, especially what Eichel's turning into, that he's probably 10 is fine. But oh, you're none not of, complaining. None of their top Eichel four are million, even but... close to sweetheart deals. <laughs> no. Like, and so that's... A little scary going forward. Akposo still has four more seasons left. Uh, Ristolainen has three. There's been talk that they might want to try and flip Ristolainen if they can figure out more defensemen behind him. And I think that would be the move as soon as possible. As soon as people... Before people start to realize how bad he is. Before or, they catch on. You yeah. don't want to be like Ottawa still holding Cody Cece now and you can no longer get Taylor Hall for him. Yeah, for one. totally agree. And um, yeah, they have a lot of guys to resign in the next couple of years. Uh, not a lot of... Great guys this year left. I mean, Jason Pominville, cheap at best if he even comes back. You know, then you have Evan Rodriguez. He'll get something. This he'll get still he'll so get a contract. That's for sure. Rodriguez you know, isn't actually a bad player. Johan Larson, Zemgis Gurgensen. like a lot of those guys aren't horrible. It's just none of those guys are going to be needle movers either. Like, yeah, there's just still not that much here. In yeah, Jake McCabe on the back end. The next year you got Bogosian, Scandella, Brandon Montour, Matt Hunwick. Uh, Casey Nelson. Oh, this year Linus Allmark. You got to figure out what to do with him up front. You got Connor Sherry, Vladimir Smoka, uh, Sam Reinhart, who's making three point six five million dollars this year. I totally didn't realize that um, he would be the one that would be nice to sign to a sweetheart deal. Yes, and Casey Middlestead is uh, also up next year. So um, yeah, they have a lot to do. Uh, I think that's very fair to say. And uh, you know, they brought in Ralph Krueger, a new head coach. It'll be interesting to see what he can do with that and. We've said a lot of the times, I think, that this roster is not, not good. No, nope, it um, is really not. So they have still a ton of work. To, I mean, they have two first-rounders this year, but one of them is the 31st overall pick. And they don't have their own second. Yeah. Which would so, be like, what, six picks later than the Blues pick? Yeah, if, something yeah like around that. that, yeah. And um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Actually, sorry. I'm sorry. I was just reading something. I don't know. So... They gave up a pick in the Montour trade, right? Yeah, they gave San Jose's, which is 29th, I guess. Okay, well, yeah, never mind. I'm sorry, I'm just going off on tangent. I was kind of wondering why they got Anaheim got the higher of the two, but I guess when it goes 29 to 31, that's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Do you have anything more to say on Skinner or the Sabers for this week? No, like the deal isn't as crazy as I thought it was at first, but I really think this one's gonna bite them in the ass. I would say I would assume so too. I mean, it's not a good deal by any means. I just don't think it's a horrible one either. Um, like I, I get it. I'm glad for Skinner. He's a guy who I'd like to see get paid. Uh, like he seems like a good enough guy. He's battled through so much crap that it is nice to see him get rewarded. Yeah, when it seemed like his career could, could have been ruined at like a super young age, it's cool that. Now he's generally generational wealth, I guess. Yeah, so um, last big, big thing. Uh, I'm not too worried about the coaching hires, but we'll get them quick. But uh, not uh, this is even really big, but uh, Pittsburgh Penguins trade Olimata for uh, is it Dominic Cahoon? Is that his first name? 
something Cahoon. Something like that. Um, do you have any big thoughts on this? I know a lot, a lot of Penguins fans hate Olimata. Or not hate, but didn't really like Olimata. He, yeah, he didn't turn out to be what he was supposed to. Like, if he came up as, like, a sixth-round pick or whatever, I'm sure he would have been liked perfectly fine. The fact that he had, like, first-round pedigree and showed some flashes early yeah. and then turned out to be, like, a third-pairing well, guy. And he had, like, he had like three just insane injuries, right? Like, he had, he had, he had cancer. cancer. Yeah. yeah, like... Because within, like, a year of each other, he had cancer and Latang had a stroke. And didn't he have blood clots the next year? I think so. Like, yeah, like, and then a broken leg or something. Like, he said, he had three injuries in a row where it's like, how does this keep happening to this guy? Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't... I bad for him. The one thing I'm a little worried about moving him is that he's one of the guys, I think, who could probably kind of puck move more than the rest of the Pittsburgh defense. Certainly more than Jack Johnson. Yeah, and like that kind of scares me a little. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't mind Dominic Cahoon either. Kind of like Cahoon. It's like a, a middle slash bottom 6'4". I think, I think he'll fit really well on the Penguins. I think he's, he's like the perfect Penguins player. Yeah, he'll probably be one of those guys that ends up scoring like 15 goals next year and everybody goes, yeah. I have no idea who this guy is. Plug him with Sidney Crosby for exactly. a year and he scores 20 or something like that and puts up 50 points or whatever. Um, yeah, like I could see I could see him being a very fine uh, fit for that. So I do like what they got in return. Um, and very importantly for Pittsburgh, they got some cap space. Yeah, I don't know what Matta makes, but Cahoon's at 925 for one more year. Matta's like 4-3, I think. So they got some much needed cap space and... Like, I don't know. They got they got a couple of depth guys to sign, and then Marcus Pedersen will probably be the big one they got to get this year, and then Matt Murray next year as well. So, um, And then they got a couple more RFAs next year, Cahoon, Dominic Simone, and Jared McCann. But, I mean, again, though, it's Matt Murray pretty much. And then, yeah, Murray's the big one. Yeah, Marcus Pedersen will be the biggest one of this year's crop. Um, yeah, I don't – they really got to figure out a way under the Jack Johnson or Cabranson deals. One, if not both. Preferably both. <laughs> yeah, um – I saw a guy, it was just some random guy replying to all the Penguins media accounts saying that Jack Johnson was actually good last year. And I mean, it was, I think if you ask a lot of people, they said he was better down the stretch, but better for him is still not very good. And then even come playoffs, they were like, how, like, people were like, no, he was good in the playoffs. He absolutely was not good in the playoffs. No. Like. I am as the third worst defenseman in the league. So, literally, so he started, like, his first stuff of the year was just atrocious. And that's how, like, <laughs> like he can't be yeah. that good. That if, that's yeah. what he got up to, right? That's over the past two seasons. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, they need to get rid of, preferably Johnson, but Gabranson would be very nice as well. I think at least Gabranson, he's overpaid, but I would still put him as, like, a sixth defenseman in the he, NHL. Like, yeah, like, Gabranson isn't... Like he's definitely bad. not adding anything. No, he's but, not actively hurting you to the extent that Jack Johnson no. is. It's just if you if Erica Branson made seven hundred or eight hundred thousand dollars instead of four million, no one would really have a complaint about him being the sixth defenseman. Yeah, Gabranson's similar to uh Mata in that sense where he kinda has the curse of expectations from being a high pick and some people hyping him up. Yeah, and then a yeah, big payday as well. So Yeah, whereas if he was some guy you'd never heard of, you'd probably you, you wouldn't care. You'd be like, Oh, cool, whatever. Like yeah, yeah. Whereas even if Johnson was being paid league minimum, he would still be hurting your team because he's that bad. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's all. I, I thought it was a decent one from uh, um, Pittsburgh's perspective from Chicago. I didn't think Chicago was in the position to be taking on money. No, I, they did get a lot off the books this offseason. 
Um, I forget who all, who all came, but they're in, they have 17 million cap space right now. Now they need to re-sign Perlini, mm-hmm. David Camp, um, Strom, Strom. Oh, no, no they year. sorry, those, yeah, are, all those year, are all next right? year. Sorry, uh, Gustav Forsling. So they have some smaller ones this year, but they did get enough off the cap. But yeah, next year, uh, Drake. I never know how to say his name. Kajula, I think that's it. Dylan Strom, Debrinket. Uh, th- those will be big ones for sure. But uh, Olimata is making four times three, so I guess they're just kind of betting that they can. Hopefully develop him into something else. I guess so. I don't know. I was really confused why he would take on a contract with unless, money and term. Unless they're expecting to lose Eric Gustafson and Slater Cuckoo next year and they just need a guy that they know they'll have for three years. But I feel like there would have been better guys to do than that. I would think Hell, the so. guy you traded, Nick Jensen, or not Nick Jensen, uh, the guy you traded the deadline last year. Kempney. Kempney. Like, that would have been a better bet to just lock down at two two point two five for oh, four years. Oh, no question. Like, so, I, I don't know. I It, it kind of puzzled me from Chicago's Yeah, it made no sense to me either. Especially because, like... They traded the pick, too, right? Was there a pick involved? I'm not even sure. I've been so out of the loop half the time, like, recently. I've just kind of, like... I've not used Twitter as much lately, and it's been very nice. That would be nice. Um, I know, is it Platinum Seat Ghost just takes an entire summer off of Twitter every year, and I'm not going to go that far ever, I don't think, but I do don't, like, I, during the year, I'll just sit there talking or scrolling on Twitter, and I don't do that while I'm at work anymore. It'd probably be good for, like, society's collective sanity <laughs> if everyone took multiple months off of Twitter during the year. Yes, it absolutely would. Um, either way, I don't love it from Chicago's by any means. I, I like it from Pittsburgh's. It's not a a deal breaker, but it is a small move, and those help when you can win small moves like that. I mean, it's how teams like Pittsburgh um, kept their relevancy or got back to relevancy is getting exactly. small moves like that where you pick up guys, uh, not like picking up Erica Branson and Jack Johnson for <laughs> no. a combined $7 million or whatever. But when you have Crosby and Malkin up top, winning small moves is how you win the cup. Exactly, yep. And you, they have the big pieces they need to win the small moves. And, I mean, I don't know. I think this year kind of showed that they're – ways from winning the cup they need to make some more moves than just what they have yeah they're definitely more mortal than they probably thought they were yeah i mean a sweep to the new york islanders and they looked bad they did they didn't look good for most of that series there was a couple times where it was like yes Raman leonard played amazingly but there was other times every time they scored they just let the islanders score right back it's sad because that's how this season ended when i think Sidney crosby this year legitimately had like one of the 10 best seasons of the past probably 15 years, and no one really talked about it, and now no one's going to because they ended yeah. in the most pathetic way yeah, possible. They so. swept in the first round. So, yeah. Um, I guess the other one other note uh, for a coaching hire here, Dallas Eakins to the Anaheim Ducks, the thing that everyone knew was going to happen finally happened. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't have too much to say about coaching hires, especially like not, not as big-name guys like this. He had the one Edmonton team. I'm not going to blame that on him. Everything he's done in San Diego has been, sounds like it's been great so far. San Diego's just been a factory for NHL defensemen. So. Yep. And I mean, even, you know, like the guys that the fours are starting to develop as well were pretty solid. And it was it Sam Steele who got destroyed in the, one of their playoff games this year, unfortunately. Like just had hit. I believe oh, it was Sam Steele. That. Yeah. It was one of their young guys they sent down. I can't remember which one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like San Diego, I think they either went to the conference or finals of the uh, Calder Cup this year, 
And so, yeah, he seems like a good option. I feel kind of bad because he goes from a bad Edmonton team to this. This, so uh, he was uh, he like called into the TSN analytics show every now and then. So watch, he's gonna suck in Anaheim because the roster's garbage, <laughs> and then it'll be some huge slander on numbers. Yeah, even though it probably doesn't matter, even if you is a Jack Adams worthy coach, they're not going to be a good team next year. So no, not at all. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a solid hire by Anaheim. If you're like, again, uh, low risk, high reward. Yeah. It seems like a forward thinking guy. Exactly. Like a shot on him. You know, your team's going to suck anyway. So what's the worst that can happen? Uh, Dave Tippett in Edmonton. Is that I confirmed? I think it is confirmed. Yes. They did the press conference. I believe. Oh, okay. They did. Cause that's been floated. Oh yeah. It is confirmed. Yeah. That's been floated for so long now. Yeah. No, it was confirmed a week or two ago, I believe. Um, I don't know how I feel like I don't feel strongly either way about this. It's definitely not the worst guy they could have hired. Is it, like, I would rather them yeah. see someone go, like, Dallas Eakins or something like that. But uh, at the end of the day, like, I don't, they need to fix this roster before they can even start to worry about what little details their coaching is doing. Yeah, unless they were hiring Randy Carlisle, it was going to be hard to feel passionate about whoever Edmonton hires here. Yeah, because, I mean, in theory, if you have, a, like, I think you were kind of on the same thing where there's five or six, maybe seven coaches that positively influence you. There's probably four or five coaches that negatively influence you, and the other 20 coaches are all in the middle group where it's like they don't do anything good or bad, but that's fine. Like They're just kind of average. Yeah. And I think that's like, – if Tippett does that, that's all you should need with the team that has Connor freaking David on it. So, I mean, Ken Holland still has a lot of work to do. I've loved everything – like I've liked what Ken Holland has done since he's got to Edmonton. It's been a better start. Than... He's moved the guys in the – some of the guys in the front office out. Kevin Lowe's out. Um Moved a couple of two ex-players out as well, I think. So, uh, like, that that's a good start. I think Craig McTavish went to Russia or something like that. Really? Yeah, there was one of, one of them went to the KHL team. Is that normal for teams to still be hiring people they've fired? Or still be employing? <laughs> Absolutely not. <Okay. laughs> Especially not, like, GMs where it's just like they just promote them. Like, I think Ron Francis in Carolina went was supposed to have an advisor role and then he took a different job. Like if it's something like that, but when, kicked upstairs. But it's usually thing. not when you have three years of just un, like just horrible failure. You don't usually don't keep those guys around. Yeah, um, no, I always thought that was the weirdest thing that they still employed those people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was just like it was just a running joke, really. So. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I've liked what Ken Holland's done. Um, I gotta go, so we're gonna wrap this one up. A lot of news, we're kind of all over the place, but uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions ever, just send me or Chase a message. Uh, we're, I was thinking about starting to do a mailbox. I'm assuming you wouldn't have any disagreement about it. So if you have any questions, send them to me or Chase on Twitter, at NHL Sends and Stuff, or at CMHockey66, or leave a comment slash review on either the site or the any of the where you listen to your podcast. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Chase and I will try and get back to more regular episodes probably have a lot of news in the next week the drafts this weekend right is it i have no idea i have literally paid so little attention to hockey that's in terms of since the raptors have been in the finals so yeah i'm pretty sure the drafts this weekend so we'll actually have stuff to talk about yeah exactly and then uh yeah after that free agency will start to kick in and then then it gets tough and then well and then i i think the plan for the summer is to get a bunch of guests on who can talk about other teams and stuff like that and it should be fun so yeah thank you everyone for listening have a good week and we will see you all next week